Happy New Year. There really wasn't any big news this week, so let's look back at 2022 and look forward to 2023. I'm also answering AMA-style questions gathering from our Discord. Tonight is January 1st, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. You see, some people watch the ball drop straight down at midnight. Others of us watch the ball curve to the left right at midnight and fall harmlessly so we can go to the national show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, yet uh, the first edition in 2023 of the of uh, the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here, thank you so much. Welcome. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, uh, just about. Uh, uh, we're on the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. That is where I am uh, going to be reading intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, and, and yes, it's about gaming. It's not about sports, even though Matt's like, oh, wow, he went there. Look, it was it was New Year's Eve. We we couldn't change over yet because we were all watching watching the end of the game. And we were like, oh, it's midnight looking at our phones. Oh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And then... Then the ball went left right after that, and we're like, Happy New Year! And it was a very happy New Year. Anyway, anyway, we're not going to talk about that as much as I really want to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. This is a video game podcast. We are here uh, live on Twitch, but we're also a podcast, uh, so you're probably listening to us later. Uh, And uh, so you can join us on our Discord server, which really provided the content for tonight's episode. It's a little bit different than what I usually do over at vognetwork.com slash discord. And uh, I don't talk about sports there. So uh, it's it's really I'm I'm really just putting in Easter eggs for SSJ on her mat. That's really what I'm doing anyway. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Uh, now, next week, the, next time we do this show, Awesome Games Done Quick 2023 will have started. It actually starts next Sunday at noon Eastern or 11.30 a.m. Eastern. That's when the pre-show starts. But the first speed run is at noon. It's going to run for a week. Uh, and I am thankful to be uh, hosting uh, some early morning shifts. So you've got to be either early morning or if you, you've got to be really a night owl if you're on the West Coast. I am hosting two blocks starting at about 6 a.m. Eastern uh, on the, both days. So Monday and Thursday. So Monday, I am hosting four speed runs over at Awesome Games Done Quick. Gungrave being run by D.E. Cosmic. friend. Uh, he was a commentator on the first run I did, which you can no longer find online because the dude that ran it got banned because he cheated in his speed run at SGDQ. So you can't find it anymore on YouTube. My first ever posting appearance. It's gone. <laughs> 
anyway, DE Cosmic is running Gungrave, uh, and uh, and so that's going to be the first run. That's it's somewhere around six a.m. It may be seven a.m. It depends on how far behind it's. They're they're less than twenty four hours into the marathon. Who knows how far uh, behind they'll get by that point? Then Armored Core Project Phantasma by PMC Trilogy. And an interesting thing about this that I learned uh, just like last night, actually, or the night before, actually, is that friend of this show. Uh, who I have interviewed on this show, he goes by Chef Lou Boo. Uh, he was uh, one of the man. He was one of the managers over at the Battle and Brew uh, Barcade that I did a show from like eight years ago now uh, with virtual reality. But I had him on, and he was talking about a lot of the food. He no longer works there, uh, but he's actually one of the commentators for Armored Core. So that that's another connection to the show here. Uh, which is uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Bomberman sixty four, the second attack, is being run by EIP. This is a Japanese runner, uh, so I need to actually contact his interpreter to speak with them because he does not speak English and he's actually going to be wearing like a Bomberman mask or something. Spoiler alert! Uh, and then Onimusha two, Samurai's Destiny by WoDB, is going to cap off the Monday morning block there. Uh, and Breakman says, "Morning is that the thing that happens before noon?" I wouldn't know. Yeah, I trust me. I, I didn't know 6 a.m. existed either. Uh, it really doesn't in my in my head. Like, sometimes that's when I go to bed, especially if I, like, do something stupid, like load up Civilization 4 or Civilization 6 or 5 or 4 or 3 or whatever, whichever civilization. That's usually when I see 6 a.m. Um, so that is going to be Monday. So I'm going to do my show Sunday night, and then Monday morning I'll be on the air at 6 a.m. And then uh, Thursday morning at about 6.30 a.m., pro- probably 7-ish, who knows, Eastern Time, I am closing out the awful block. So the, uh, the, the, uh, this, the block of games that are either silly or awful, depending on if you're at Awesome Games Done Quick or Summer Games Done Quick, I am closing it out. Bad Guys at School by, uh, is being run by Sadly Badly. And then the Super Nintendo prototype, Steven Seagal, is the final option being run by Crack Attack. That is going to be... I have not seen anything about either of those, but I've been told uh, that I am in for a treat. Uh, And then I start off the Mega Man block... Because uh, like that, that I'm not just doing the awful block. We have Mega Man ZX being run by another Japanese runner, Amizio. So once again, I'm going to be talking to their interpreter uh, to to be able to coordinate things for that. Um, as Sharon and Matt asked, any words on incentives that you're going to be pushing to fund during your shifts? No. Uh, and frankly, because these are at 6 a.m., they typically don't push for incentives. So the only incentives I might even be thinking about pushing are would be uh, for runs that are happening at like noon or the bonus game that night. They typically these are the lowest trafficked times at Games Done Quick um, because not every country can donate. So even though like I actually don't think they can actually accept do- donations from Japan. Uh, just because of the payment processors and, you know, what what can operate in the country, what can't operate in the country. So even though, yes, it is prime time in other parts of the world, not all of those people can actually donate to the charity. So uh, I, I don't know. Usually when I've been doing these 6 a.m. ones in the past, there have not been incentives that I have been pushing. Uh, there will probably be prizes that I could talk about. But in terms of incentives... Um, this is really like a kind of an inconsequential time 
at GDQ is these 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. blocks. So, um, so, so I do not know. Um, I w- what I what I do know is that this is probably also the time that they're going to be rushing to get back on schedule. So I actually won't have time to talk about that stuff. Like they're going to run want to like end one game, you know, run a quick break, run a quick ad break, which I can't say it's an ad break, but it's an ad break. Run a quick ad break, and then really they want to just go through and cut down time as much as possible. So, uh, so that is, uh, so it's going to be kind of easy, uh, and, uh, there aren't that many donations. So if you use the hashtag VOG network, VOG network, put it at the end of your donation, that hashtag will not get read on the air. Uh, but it will let the donation checkers know that you're part of the community. And so they are more likely to send it up. Now, if you put stuff in there that sounds like an inside joke that they don't get. They're not going to show it to me or anything like that. Uh, but that's what you can do while, while I'm on uh, and, and and donate that way if you can donate. So there was a question by the Breakman. What are the bad games in Awful Block? So I guess I can go ahead and talk about these because uh, I'm, I'm only hosting the end. But it starts at, uh, let's see here, when does it start? Thursday, there it is. Uh, it starts at about 12.45 a.m. So um, it's, uh, the, the games, they have Pac-Man 2, The New Adventures, starts it off. Then Yonoid 2, Game of the Year Edition. Then Yolanda. Then Lizard Lady versus the Cats. Then Office Race. And I think Office Race, it's, I, I think I remember seeing something about it. It's like you're basically, it's a racing game. But you're in office chairs, and you're, the tracks are the office, and you're racing around the office. And like we, anyway, uh, Salamander County Public Television, Battle of the Eras, Morodashi Sumo, uh, Dokebi Dakanda, and uh, I'm Going to Die If I Don't Eat Sushi. That's the name of the game. I'm Going to Die If I Don't Eat Sushi. Uh, and then uh, Sonic Blast is in there, uh, and it's a race. So that that's it's in the middle of awful block. PS5 Simulator, which is ten minutes long. I don't know, you know, and that's on right before I go on. Then bad guys at school, and then Steven Seagal is the final option. Uh, and then uh, we go to the Mega Man, and then the Mega Man block is literally just Mega Man ZX. I thought there was like another Mega Man game, no, because then like after Mega Man is the world ends with you, uh, and so, so yeah, so. Those the, the awful block. I'm I'm excited to be part of games done quick once again for my I've lost count, but I've been doing this since summer 2020, and I've been doing every major event since, and it's been a lot of fun. So let's look back a little bit at 2022, and uh, a lot of times I'll talk about what my game of the year is, uh, which my game of the year is the game that I enjoyed the most. The problem that I'm having is that I've had such a crappy year. Uh, outside of gaming, that I didn't play that many games this year. Um, I have had I have had tragedy in my life uh, this year. Uh, still dealing with some of it. The fallout, you know, uh, being the executor of an estate uh, is is a time consuming task. So I haven't played as many games as I probably should. And like, there's games that are out that I'm like. Uh, that might have been my favorite game of the year if I had time to play it. I'm like specifically thinking of like Cult of the Lamp. I might have really loved that game. I have not picked it up yet because I don't have the time to play it. Um, 
So I remember that one of the games that I thought might have been in this contention was Stray. And the problem that I had with Stray is that it let me down at the very, very end. Um, and to, to kind of summarize my thoughts why I said that, I really enjoyed the game, but it was a complete letdown at the very end because I had my motivations in story motivations of what I was doing and why I was that cat and why I was trying to leave the city. And I had that motivation and the ending did not fulfill that motivation. The ending, all they needed was like a quick, it it, it could have taken them, well, I mean, it would have taken them a while because it takes a long time to do art and animation and sound design and all that stuff, but a quick two to three second scene which I, I know is not a quick thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. But there should have been some... If there was something in the ending that validated my reasoning for wanting to to get the cat out of the city, then uh, it probably would have been my game of the year. But it kind of held me back. Uh, that, that, that held that back, and I'm like, you know, I was unfulfilled by the, by the story here in Stray. The problem is I didn't really play anything that was better. And I'm not saying problem because games are awesome. So it's not really a problem. But the, the thing is, I didn't personally get a chance to play anything any better. Uh, of the Game of the Year nominees at the Game Awards, Stray was literally the only one I played on the list. Um, now, uh, Mike Def says you should have played Tunic. But d- did Tunic come out this year? Uh, I don't remember if it came out this year or last year. I mean, what is time, really? Um, the only other game that I can think of that, uh, okay, Tunic did come out this year. No, I did not play it. I know Deft messaged me and called in and stuff and said you should play it, but it's pro- it's right there with Cult of the Lamb. It's like, okay, I should play this, and I haven't. Um, I did play a little bit of Pentiment, which is the uh, the Obsidian game that would not have been made had it not been for Game Pass. Um, that's uh, the, the murder, like the mystery that's in ancient times and i tried to get into it and i couldn't really get into it uh so so i mean it was it was well made but i just i couldn't get into it the only other thing that i that i did play this year that might have come as one of my favorite gaming experiences of the year was trombone champ which is kind of weird to say but i actually have booted up trombone champ and played the newer songs and exposed it to my friends uh just to make them laugh uh, because they don't know it exists, and you know they're big like rock band fans and stuff. So, um, you know, I so that's probably close up there. But I really don't have a game of the year, and it's more because I didn't play that much this year, which is terrible. If you're a video game podcaster, you really should play more games. Uh, but I'll get back to it soon. I promise. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and I've I've talked about like the things that have happened in in my life earlier this year on the show uh, and stuff. So, uh, but I mean, I'm fine. Everything's fine, uh, as fine as they can be. Um, it's just I'm dealing with uh, executorship and and fun stuff, and I don't have a board gaming room right now because it's a storage room for all the stuff at the house that I grew up in. Uh, the Breakman asks, is there a tuba champ? No, not yet. But if trombone champ does really well, maybe they'll make other instruments. And Tiger Claw says, trombone champ was a viral sensation. It was one of those that I enjoyed inflicting on other people more than playing myself. Um, and I even like downloaded some of the mods so I could like experience the the pain and the infl- that you can inflict with uh, with some of the mods. And some of the mods are, are amazing. 
they're hilarious. Um, some of the modded songs that go in there. So uh, that that's kind of so it's probably like Stray or Trombone Champ, but really like neither of them really like wowed me like Persona Five did in the past and stuff like that. So the in, the rest of this show is going to be kind of an ask me anything or ask me almost anything. Uh, I am actually going to ask everything that was asked, but I put it out the call out on our Discord server on Friday and said, I'm stealing a bit from Orange Lounge Radio, which, by the way, is not going to be on tonight. Uh, but uh, I'm stealing a bit from Orange Lounge Radio, and Rob's like, how dare you? And I said, uh, stop me. And he's like, well, we're just going to cancel our show if you're going to can- if you're going to steal our bit. So I stole an idea where they basically made a thread on Discord and said, ask us anything. And I wanted to see what people wanted to ask that maybe not necessarily were video game related, but uh, many of them are. And I really liked a lot of these questions. So this was this was cool because I got to get, get to talk about some things that maybe I wouldn't have get to if I was just talking about the news. So the first one's from John from Critical Myth. And uh, he said, what is your anticipated sleeper hit of 2023? In other words, what game that isn't considered a blockbuster is the one you are most looking forward to. So the hard part here is we don't know what games are really coming out that aren't blockbusters because the blockbusters get all the early buzz and the early attention. Uh, I will say that in the like the rhythm game side of things, the indie rhythm game, is there's a game coming out called Rhythm Quest, and it's a solo developer, solo publisher, way under the radar. I only know of it because he contributes to overclock remix. And so I follow the overclock remix Twitter account and they've retweeted about it. It's the only reason I know about it. There's no press about it, but it's called rhythm quest and it's got great ship to music and it's simple gameplay. Uh, but it's a rhythm game and, and, and the demo is out now it's on steam you can get the demo now and see if it's something that's up your alley. I want the soundtrack yesterday. Uh, so that's one I'm really, uh, anticipated for, but I don't think it's going to be a hit. I don't think it's going to be a sleeper hit. I don't think it's going to break any charts. I don't think it's going to be a viral sensation. Even though Trombone Champ, people had known about Trombone Champ for years, it really didn't make it like until one person posted a viral video the week it came out over on like PC Gamer. And then it became that. So it's really the game we don't know about yet. There are plenty of blockbuster games that I am looking forward to playing. Final Final Fantasy 16. I'm looking forward to uh, we should get finally get the new Forza Motorsport this year. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so one thing I'm not, I don't really care about Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I'm not a huge open world Zelda fan. I have Breath of the Wild. I've re- played it a little bit, uh, but I'm not really looking forward to that one. I'm going to let all y'all play that one. Enjoy it. The Breakman says, Bobby stole uh, Orlar's work and put them out of business. This is a coup. I did. I totally shamelessly stole their bit, and I'm going to do it here. And as Jeremy Matt even says, uh, Rob stole Bobby's machine sky high scores. Bobby stole Rob's bit. They're even now. Yeah. yeah. He is still banned from my arcade. The sign is still up, even though I've beaten his high scores. So, uh, so yes. I don't know about a, a, a sleeper hit. Um, I, I can't really anticipate that. Uh, because it's going to be a game that we don't know about yet or that hasn't gotten mass attention yet. I'm looking forward to games 
but I don't think they're going to be hit. Uh, the Plucky Squire is another one I'm looking forward to. It's a Devolver digital title. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a sleeper hit. I, I don't see it being a hit. It's going to be a game I'm going to really enjoy. DJ Ronma S from Anime Jam Session asked uh, this kind of interesting uh, question. And as Jeremy says, Like a Dragon Ishin is on probably on my list of anticipated games. Yes, I'm now all sold in on the Yakuza series. Uh, DJ Rama asks, asks, out of the games you have played, name three you'd love to do the soundtrack for. I really liked this question, and I'm going to answer it differently than the way he asked. So the reason he's asking this question is because uh, back 20 years ago, I actually did write music for video games. I did it. I did some freeware games, uh, and I really, I really have two games to my credit, and one's a real game, one's a, a mod for Unreal for Unreal. Like, not Unreal Tournament, but Unreal. That's how long ago it is. Uh, there was no number after it. So, I thought when I, I, I was actually going to college, and I'm like, I'm going to get a computer science major and a music composition minor, and I'm going to be a video game composer. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. And I, I did, I even took music theory and, and stuff like that and started trying to go down and getting a music minor. And I abandoned the minor and just became a software developer instead and kind of abandoned music writing once I graduated college. Um, so instead of saying the games I would love to do soundtrack for, I'm actually going to give three different types of games that had I continued down the music composition path, I would have really wanted to have written music for. So the first one also kind of ties into a little bit of uh, one of the games that I mentioned uh, in the last question. I would want to contribute to an indie rhythm game. So I'm thinking games like Just Shapes and Beats or Old School Musical or Rhythm or, or Rhythm Quest that I've talked about already. But Just Shapes and Beats and Old School Musical are rhythm games that have like the chiptune, indie chiptune type of, of song and they made specific visuals that went with that, not just like standard like Beat Saber or Rock Band where it's like you're you're playing the game and it's just you're the music. In something like Just Shapes and Beats and Old School Musical, they're actually tailoring the visuals to what is going on. Just Shapes and Beats actually creates the enemies based on uh, and it's 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 not in uh, it's not procedural. They actually like design it, but they actually design it to go with the music. So it's kind of like an interactive music video. Uh, an old school musical, kind of the same way. It plays a little bit like Guitar Man with the uh, controls, the the keys coming in from uh, the the sides of the from the sides of the screen. So it's like the uh, defend section from Guitar Man, if you remember that PS2 game. Uh, but they also have like backgrounds that that actually mimic what's going on or or relate to the song in some way. So I'd want to do that. Uh, the second one I would want to do is an arcade racer, uh, the soundtrack to an arcade racer. So I'm thinking more like a Mario Kart or uh, this gives me a great uh, reason to bring up this Xbox 360 gem that I loved that nobody remembers because it came out at the same time as Split Second and everybody loves Split Second. But Blur, remember Blur? That was amazing. It was like a grown-up Mario Kart. It was like grown-up cars, but it was still the Mario Kart gameplay. I would have loved to have done a song, done a soundtrack for something like that—a Mario Kart or a Blur or a you know a kart racer or some kind of arcadey racer. That's not uh, like that's not like a Forza Motorsport or an Assetto Corsa or iRacing. More of the arcadey, the fun, 
stuff like that. Uh, and then the third one I would want to do, uh, which a lot of people, when I did write music for, for the Unreal thing, one of the, they said, oh, this sucks. This sounds like something you'd hear in Final Fantasy III for the Super Nintendo, because it was the 90s. They didn't know it was six yet. We thought it was three. So an expansive RPG with a bunch of different motifs, uh, because one of the great things about that is that because there are different motifs, I would actually have to have a reason to go research and see what makes that song genre that song genre like if there's a beach scene i would be like okay and the devs would say oh this needs to like invoke a caribbean vibe then i would actually have to go out and research what makes a caribbean song caribbean what are the elements of the song what are the chord progressions or the 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 inner key intervals that make that song sound caribbean uh, because like if you look at like old time like Irish or Scottish music, they don't use all twelve keys of the octaves. They uh, in an octave they use only like seven of them, and so to make an Irish sounding song, you have to limit yourself to those keys, and you can't go outside of those. Um, so learning that about different types of music is uh, something that I, I would really relish the challenge of. And in those games, one of the things that uh, that um, when I did write music, I really excelled apparently at like the sad and the brooding ballads, slow songs, uh, because I was a sad and brooding kid. And so that's what I knew. I, I, I didn't do as many upbeat songs because I was not an upbeat person at the time and an expansive RPG. I could really lean into that and go into those emotions and create those slow and brooding songs and emotional songs uh, in, and not just, you know, upbeat, happy stuff like that. So, um, those are the three genres I would do. I'm not going to list specific games, uh, because if I list the game, I'm already love that composer and I don't want them to stop. I don't want to take their job. I want to take a job like theirs, but good news is I don't, uh, I'm not, I'm not in the gaming music writing business anymore. Uh, the reason I got out of it was because as I was graduating college, that's when CD-ROM was really showing up. And you could now just have the songs in Redbook Audio, which means you needed an actual music studio. I wanted to write essentially chiptunes, you know, using the synths on the chip and not necessarily needing a recording studio, not necessarily needing to play live instruments and stuff like that. And at that time... Everybody was using live instruments. They were trying to learn how they can incorporate that, and they were getting away from the FM synthesis chips that we had then. And so I'm like, well, I'm out. Like, I'm too I'm too young. If I had graduated college 10 years earlier, I probably would have been a video game musician. Deft, Mike Deft, asked, is there a game as a host of GDQ that you would like to be the host of? So um, the answer there is actually no. But I'm going to answer your question in a different way because it's really not about the game. One thing I've learned about hosting GDQ is that it really doesn't matter what goes on on the screen uh, because I'm not watching. I'm, I'm actually like I have not actually watched any speed run I've hosted for. And that includes when I'm actually there doing it because I'm not paying attention to it. I'm paying attention to what the runners are saying, what the commentators are saying. I'm paying attention to the, the, what the producer may be telling me. I'm, I'm paying attention to the donations that are coming in and you know all of that stuff. I'm not actually watching the run. I still have never seen any of the runs 
that uh, that I've hosted for, and one I will never see because the dude cheated in SGDQ 2022, and they removed the, the run off of YouTube. Anyway, so there are runners and times of day that I would like to be the host during. Um, I did the finale once. That was actually f- so much fun. A lot of pressure, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'd love to do that. Uh, I, I probably won't ever be the finale again because they try to always have that be a different person. You, they very rarely repeat host for the finale. That's a very coveted slot. So I'm thankful that I got it. I kind of wish I could have gotten it at an in-person event, but it is what it is. Um, certain runners that um, the, uh, the like a, a very energetic runner. Um, and uh, the one that I'll mention just off the top of my head is, uh, he goes by the black tastic. His name's also Bobby, but, uh, the black tastic, he runs like a blood stain in Castlevania. And he, d- he does a lot of fighting game stuff. He's in the FGC uh, and stuff like that. He's very energetic and being able to feed off of his energy and the energy of his couch. I think that would be a fun, uh, fun run to be a host for because, I try to match the energy of the runners. And so when I have runners that are very laid back, I'm more laid back. When they're more energetic, I'm more energetic. When they're jokey like Froob is, like we have been with Yakuza, I'm more jokey back. So I think I would love to do that. Um, I'd love to do the opener at some point, which is I would be the first host. I would be the one that's there at noon on Sunday doing the first game uh, and preferably in person, Um, you know, where, you know, we're – where everybody's getting the start, setting the tone for the entire week. I'd love to do that. I'd love to be there when a milestone is hit. And I'm talking like actually announcing when they hit 1 million or $2 million. Uh, when I did the finale, we did not make 3 million. So I did not get to do that. Um, and uh, they had already hit past 2.5 million before I started. So um, uh, I would love to be able to be part of that. So it's it, it really doesn't matter as much the games as it is the times and the people I'm working with. I will say that I always tell them I do not want to be hosting during Pokemon runs because I don't understand all the memes. And it's so much more entertaining as a listener when the host is able to meme with the commentators and the runners and stuff and be able to really understand all the jokes because that's when everybody is like, make an impression of this Pokemon. Well, I don't know what that Pokemon sounds like. So I always say, don't put me on Pokemon runs. So, uh, so that, that was a great question though. Uh, so it's, it's really times and people, cause that's really what it's about to me. Dark Titsia asks, have you ever played a game in which a feature that made you go, huh, why didn't somebody think of that before? Uh, my favorite example is that Horizon Chase Turbo, when you unpause the game, you get a countdown timer to give you the chance to get your bearings back to avoid crashing because you weren't ready to react. And I've seen that in other things, uh, pinball, uh, pinball effects does that when you unpause it gives you a, a timer and shows you where the ball is um and, and i've also seen it in some other games uh as well and uh so and, and a lot of these things like there's a lot of things that uh we take for granted now that was a revolutionary feature you know like checkpoints and quick saves uh and you know and and stuff like that that was a revolutionary feature at the time so, um, th- so there's a lot of stuff that we take for granted that at one point was revolutionary. One of the things I did like is that we're seeing a lot more accessibility features in games. And one that was really interesting was in the Forza games. And I think it was in- introduced into Forza Horizon 4. But what they allowed you to do is slow down the game. 
And by that, I mean it has all the same physics, all the same AI. Your car handles exactly the same. It just slows it down a little bit. So those that do have, you know, maybe a little bit of a delayed reaction time, they have more time to process what's going on. And you can only you could slow it down to like 90% speed. So it's not that much slower. It's not going completely in slow-mo, but it does slow it down a little bit. And that way you get this you can still play at a very high difficulty, but they're just slowing everything down just a little bit so you can process it better. Another thing that I really like, one of the things that I really like is the the way that they have started rebranding easy mode to be story mode. And that helps get rid of the stigma that you're playing on easy. And in fact, I was at a New Year's Eve party with friends of mine who do play video games, but they, you know, not not at a high level or anything. And they've been talking about the games they've been playing. And they love the fact that story mode exists now because now they don't feel bad about not wanting a big challenge because they've got kids, they've got work, they don't have enough time to do that to play games and really get good at games uh, like we used to when we were kids. So having story mode where, yeah, like in, in, in the star Wars game, yeah, they're, they're sponges and you're just, you know, whacking on them and they're not fighting back. That's great because one of my friends, he doesn't like video games. He doesn't really play video games, but he loves star Wars. So he plays it because he wants to watch the story. And the fact that it's now called story mode it, it just removes some of the stigma. So I think that's really great that, uh, you know, we've, we're kind of getting the stigma taken away from easy mode uh, from the story-rich games. And I'm not talking about your Elden Ring or your Souls. Leave that out of it. We're not, we're not, my friends are not playing Elden Ring or Dark Souls or any of the Souls games. And uh, and 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 like Last of Us has a lot of great accessibility settings for people who are blind or you know or, or low low vision, low hearing, a lot of that type of stuff that lets you experience these stories that they have crafted. Because games are now very story heavy, especially if it's a Sony game, they're very story heavy. Fifth Dream says Elden Ring has a story. Uh, yes, it does, but you really need to go to the wiki. And you need to go find YouTube videos that break it down to get it. But yes, it's got very deep lore. I mean, George R.R. R. Martin wrote it instead of doing the next uh, Song of Ice and Fire book. And Questbuster says, I know I've mentioned it before, but the description for the rebooted Shadow Warriors easy mode still sticks with me and boiling down to sometimes when you come home after work, you just want to feel like a badass. Uh, Paleonimea says, Tanya Tina calls it a relaxed mode. Um, yeah, and and even like Celeste. I remember was like, hey, this mode exists. Don't feel bad if you have to use this mode. But, you know, he here it is. And and I don't remember what they exactly call it. But, like, Celeste is like, dude, don't feel bad if you go down to this mode. It's here for you. It exists. We recommend you try it on normal. But, like, don't feel bad about coming down to this level. Uh, don't coming down to this mode. SJ or Matt says, I do wish custom soundtracks would come back to games. I get why they're gone, but I do miss it as a feature. I want to say that w the best game that used the custom soundtracks that I loved a lot was Project Gotham Racing on the original Xbox. And I don't know if you remember this. So on the original Xbox, this was back in the day when you would have your music on these little, uh, di little round discs. They were called compact discs, and they were compacted the music onto them. Uh, just, you know, 
because I, I know there might be some people that don't remember CDs. Anyway, you could actually rip your CDs to your Xbox hard drive because the Xbox had a hard drive. That was a monumental feature back when it came out. And you could tell Project Gotham Racing, hey, I want to use this as my music. Now, Project Gotham Racing, like other racing games, had an in-game radio station. They would have a DJ that would talk. And the way that they were able to do that on the Xbox that you can't do today with, like, Spotify integration, which is what the PS5 and the Xbox Series X have, uh, and the PS4 and the Xbox One, really, um, is that they were like, okay, this is the track. And then they still overlaid their DJs in between your custom music. That I thought was brilliant because I had my music, but I still had their DJs and their world building that they were doing, the very minimal world building they did in Project Gotham Racing. But the world building was still there using my music, whereas today in Forza Horizon 5, if I wanted to play my own music, I absolutely could. I could you know, turn on my Spotify integration that's built into the console and play my music, but I would lose the world building that the DJs give you because there actually is world building in Forza Horizon 5, mostly about how awesome you are and other things that are happening in the world, like what season it's in and you know, things that you've, races you've unlocked. You, you don't get that world building with the Spotify integration. So listening to your own collection, music collection, I totally get. Uh, but uh, the way the Project Gotham Racing did it is they integrated it into the gameplay, which you can't do anymore because we don't have that functionality. Uh, another thing about the, the custom soundtracks that, that we lost um, is uh, cover years, V8 Sports. In MLB The Show, you used to be able to import your own music and that have that be your walk-up music for your created player. You can't do that on the PS5 or the Xbox Series X anymore. You, you, that functionality does not exist. You have to play the PS4 version and then it's there, but the PS5 version doesn't have it. All right, where was I? All right, so SJ Winner Matt asked, if Arcade 1-Up was making the Bobby Blackwolf Best Friends Forever Edition machine, what three to four games would you want on said machine? And he did say this could be a digital pinball collection as well, and I'm actually not going to go the digital pinball route. Um, so this, I, And I did have to think about this question for a little bit, because even though I enjoyed arcade games, I never had a favorite. I don't actually have a favorite stand-up arcade game. I don't. There was never a game that I was like, oh, I have to go play that. Uh, even in the 90s, when I went to um, the, 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 it was called Mardi Gras, was the name of the arcade, and it was right by the movie theater, the Cineplex Odeon. Uh, and I would get dropped off there, and there was a mini golf place. Like, it was great. My, my parents would drop me off in the morning. We'd go to the arcade. We'd go see a movie. We'd go uh, play mini golf. And, you know, they would, like, give me 10 bucks, and I'd be able to do all this and spend all day there. It was great. It was the 80s. Um, but there was no game there that I'm like, I absolutely have to play this every single time. Or I'm, I, there was no game I put a whole bunch of quarters in. So... And Podcourse says, not even Star Wars or Tron. No, not even Star Wars or Tron. I did not sink quarters into any of those games. Um, so what I, uh, what I came to, though, is what game would I want? And what game would I possibly sink way too much money in? And I had to think, and I realized, oh, there's a very simple answer. And it's going to be an answer that you might have here instead 
on the show that comes after me, Orange Lounge Radio. I'd want a Bimani one. I'd want one that has Beat Mania, Beat Mania 2DX, uh, maybe throw in Sound Voltex because it's got the same key, key configuration, and maybe other ki- games that would use that same configuration that maybe aren't Bimani if they could get like DJ Max into it or something like that. That's what I would want. I would totally get an arcade one up that had Beat Mania. Um, not DDR. I'm not. I don't use my legs anymore for for gaming. Uh, that that time passed. But one of those rhythm games that like that, and um, you know, getting a Beat Mania one up, which uh, Be- arcade one up works with Konami already. They've done Konami stuff already. So you know. That I think that would satiate me because I know that I've always said, man, if I if I got a home arcade, I'd want to get a Beat Mania one, uh, 2DX machine. Now I know how big they are and how small my actual room is. I can't get one. I don't have the space for an actual, honest, uh, legit. Well, it wouldn't be legit because it's in America. There's no legit ones that are outside of around one. But an actual Beat Mania 2DX cabinet wouldn't fit and ha- allow me to have anything else. So. Uh, that, that's my answer to that. And so I didn't go the pinball route. I didn't say, oh, I'd want a movie one that had Doctor Who and Adam's family and, and Terminator. And, you know, no, I, I didn't go down that route. That was been the easy, cheap route. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd want to beat Mania one. And Breakman says, when Bobby starts talking about rhythm games, he might as well be speaking another language to me. Considering these are all Japanese games, I totally understand. Orange Wright asks, what version would it be? I, I, I. I don't know. I mean, let Bimani do their, like, whatever, the EMU system or whatever and have it integrate with the RK 1-Ups because the RK 1-Ups now connect to Wi-Fi. The new ones do. Uh, so let let them do that, but have it be a home-sized version instead of the gig- gigantic version. And then the last question I got was from Redertainment. And... Um, This is actually not about video games. So this was the one non-video game question that I had received. Uh, And uh, so we're going to go ahead and ask it and and answer it here. Uh, Red Entertainment asks, we've got a vibrant and abundant craft beer scene in Utah with many, many, many different breweries making a diverse array of tasty intoxicants. How is the craft beer scene in Georgia? Is there anything from that area I should keep my eye out for? So, uh... First off, uh, enjoy drinking responsibly. Hopefully you are over 21 years of age. I do not condone drinking and under 21 years of age uh, because doing so would violate the Twitch terms of service, and I would like to stay on Twitch. Thank you very much, uh, Daddy Bezos, for letting me continue using your streaming platform. That being said, um, so Georgia relaxed a lot of its laws in the last decade, so we've gotten a lot of craft breweries that have popped up over the last decade, maybe 15 years. It was very difficult for them to operate in Georgia because of uh, distributor laws that were on the books. The distributor lobby made it really hard for um, for breweries to operate, uh, craft breweries to operate, tours to be done, them to be able to even sell their stuff. Uh, but that's that's been relaxed in like the last 10, 15 years. So we've had kind of an explosion of them. Um, you've heard of some of the, you might've heard of some of them, uh, that are coming out of, of Georgia and, uh, stuff like, uh, Sweetwater is one of our older ones and they, they're, they do, uh, the Sweetwater 420 
And uh, because I, it used to have that type of stuff in it in its original batch in the 90s. Uh, it's actually owned by a cannabis company now. Go figure. Uh, Terrapin is another one that's probably you've heard of nationally because they have a majority ownership by Miller Coors. Uh, so those are kind of the two that really made it big. But another one uh, that uh, you may have actually seen and not realized it is one called Creature Comforts. And it's out of uh, Athens, Georgia. Uh, and it was actually the brewmaster was actually somebody I marched uh, in redcoats with at college in the college marching band. So there's your football tie in for those who are like, well, no sports questions. But anyway, they uh, are known because the Russo brothers who directed Avengers Affinity War and Endgame, uh, it was being it was filmed here in Georgia and they loved one of the Creature Comforts beers so much so that Thor in Infinity War and Endgame, actually drinks one of their beers. This Tropicalia is the beer, and it is colloquially known as Thor's beer. That's how actually they advertise it, because the Russo brothers loved Creature Comfort's beer so much, they drank it on set, and they actually made had Thor drinking that beer from Creature Comfort's in the movie. You can see it in the movie. So... Um, so that's, uh, that's probably the big ones that you probably have access to where you are. Uh, a couple others that aren't as known on the, uh, national stage that I do like, uh, Atlanta Brewing Company, or sometimes no, it was Red Brick, uh, is part of them. Uh, they also do this Laughing Skull, uh, um, line, which is based on like, uh, a burger joint here in Atlanta called the Vortex, and it's got a big skull as the, the entrance and, and laughing skull is a comedy club here as well. So it, it's, it's kind of, it's a partnership with that. And that's Atlanta brewing company. Um, there's also burnt hickory brewery, which was a brewery that was literally like behind my house, the last house I live in. So I was spent a lot of time there. Uh, and slow pour brewery is one that's out here that actually works a lot with the Southern fried gaming expo. So we'll do our, all those swaps, the swap meets that I'd go to, uh, in March, uh, we're at Slow Poor Brewery, so they're supportive of the the gaming scene here in, in Atlanta. Um, the problem is, is that uh, I hate IPAs, and IPAs are also the easiest types of beer to make because they take the least amount of time. It only takes a couple months to make a batch of IPA, whereas it takes years to do other stuff. So I'm I'm a brown ale or an amber ale person, and. Uh, not not much, a lot of these places like they had a brown ale or an amber ale, but they don't right now. So it's all IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs, all that stuff. And, and uh, Breakman even says yes, they suck, and I agree, they suck. Um, and uh, they're just not for me. So I don't like my very hoppy beers. So uh, I don't get to pl- have a lot of stuff at a lot of these local breweries because IPAs sell. The market spoke, and it's against what I would want. So yeah, so uh, that that's those are the questions that I got. Thank you so much for that. That was that was a lot of fun uh, to do, um, and uh, and and I appreciate that. And uh, that that filled the void of us uh, not you know there not really being news this week uh, because it is New Year's. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of places. Hopefully, we're giving their teams off for the holidays. Uh, in in terms of tech, you can do that. I know retail workers. It was a very busy week. Um, and I hope you were treated well. I hope you treated retail workers well that working this week. Um, so uh, the Breakman says, uh, and I believe Breakman's in in Ohio. Saying two favorite local craft brews there are Mad Tree and Rheingeist or Ringeist. 
Uh, Sher and Matt says, I haven't been to a beer fest since pre-pandemic when I would be able to sample some of these out-of-town breweries. Uh, and a lot of craft breweries are owned by some of the bigger brands. Thankfully, those bigger brands have been letting those crafts do their thing. Thankfully, like these, the ones that I mentioned actually have, the only one is Terrapin has gotten a majority ownership stake from Miller Coors. It was a minority ownership, but they haven't been bought. Uh, there was a rumor that InBev, which is who owns Budweiser now, was going to buy Sweetwater, and that didn't happen. Um, so, so uh, yeah. Pop Culture says, question, if you could revive one franchise, what would it be? F-Zero. That that's that's the one. That's it. I didn't even have to think about that one. These other ones, the other ones that were asked in the Discord, I actually had to think about them for a little bit. I'm like, ooh, what would what would that be? What 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 would be the three games I would want to write music for? I actually had to like think about that. But yeah, no, F Zero needs needs to be revived. Um in terms of like maybe games that maybe I would love to see a modern remake would be something like maybe Guitaru Man, which I've talked about before, uh, because that was just really quirky and funny, and it was a very rare, rare release uh, on the PS2 when it came out. Um, thankfully, I had it and my Mad Maestro and Mr. Mosquito, which was kind of all in that same same publisher vein of like quirky Japanese games that got limited release. Um, but yeah, F-Zero is the one. Like If, if Nintendo release says F-Zero is coming back, then, then, then I'm all in. Going back to the beer, SGO and Matt says, I wish the IPA bubble would burst. So many of these bars just have 10 different IPAs and one or two token other beers. The reason it's not going to is honestly because it's the easiest to make. And so when people are homebrewers, they want immediate, quote unquote, immediate results. It only takes a couple months to make a batch of IPAs, whereas it would take half a year to a more to do an actual good beer. So they have convinced themselves, and I'm sorry if you're a home brewer and you love IPAs because I'm about to say stuff that's going to make you unsubscribe from this podcast, but they have convinced themselves that IPAs are good because that's what they all make. And so it's all about how many hops can we put into our IPA. In fact, my favorite beer, uh, I finally had my favorite beer again for the first time in four years when I was on the cruise. My favorite beer was... Newcastle on draft. It's a brown ale from Europe. Unfortunately, it was bought by Lagunitas. And so they decided that Americans like their hops. So in America, they changed the formula to Newcastle to make it more like an IPA. However, they didn't change the formula in Europe because they would get a revolt. But in America, they were like, well, more people would buy it if it was more like an IPA. So Newcastle in America sucks now. But when you're on a cruise ship that goes out of the Caribbean, they use the European keg. So they actually had the European kegs of Newcastle on the ship. So I finally had Newcastle for the first time in four years. It was great. The Breakman says, uh, do you drink wine? Um, I very recently found like some Chardonnays I like, but it's very recent, like in the past like three years, because uh, my family all drank wine and I hated it. But I realized I hate warm drinks and most of my family drank red wine, which is warm. White wine is chilled. And so that is a lot better. Chilled wine is a lot better, and I can actually drink it. Uh, but it's not something I really seek out. And he says, Breakman says that was meant for pop culture. Well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have answered that question. So strike that from the record. I did not answer that question. I'm keeping it in the podcast, but just pretend I didn't answer it because Breakman wasn't talking to me. So, um, yeah, normally uh, we would have... Uh, 
I can, we can probably take some calls if somebody wants to call in, because uh, even though we're coming up to an hour, there is no Orange Lounge Radio tonight. Uh, Rob's not even around tonight. He's taken a very well-deserved night off. Uh, I know he was hosting a show last night, so he's he's had a very uh, exciting weekend uh, this weekend, and I know that other things have come up for both Loki and Dark Sakura, so there is no Orange Lounge Radio tonight. They will be back next week on the 8th with a regular show to talk about 2023. So um, if you wanted to, if somebody does want to call in, go over to the green room voice chat channel on the Vogue network discord. And um, we can do that. Or uh, you can continue to ask questions or, or ask questions. And even if you ask questions to other people, I might still answer them because I've got a mic and that's what I can do. Um, I will once again reiterate that I am going to be at awesome games done quick uh, hosting awesome games done quick, which is an online event. Um, this, uh, uh, this coming, uh, week, Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific, whereabouts, probably a little bit later, actually, uh, I'm hosting on four games, Gungrave, Armored Core, Project Phantasma, Bomberman 64, The Second Attack, and Anamusha 2, Samurai's Destiny, and then Thursday morning at around the same time, I finish off the awful block with Bad Guys at School, Steven Seagal is the final option, and then Mega Man ZX. Rob Roberts says uh, he's here. He's just lurking on his trauma machine so I can beat your scores online. And Roberts, Roberts says, uh, not looking at the chat super hard. Sorry, I'm on the part of the screen for those. Uh, I'm part with the screen for those that know what a pain that is. Oh, um, yeah. So he's uh, building the Tron machine. Yes. So arcade one-ups, uh, the worst part of every arcade one-up cabinet is the screen. All three arcade one-ups that I have built, the screen is the worst part because what they have you do is they have you attach the screen to one side, the left one side of the cabinet, and then you have to try to attach it to the other side and it's really awkward to get in there and you have it, it's it's really difficult. It's it's not fun. It is my least favorite thing about building an arcade one-up cabinet. Um and it, so Star Wars Out, Outrun and Tron all kind of use the same screw in method for the screens and it's 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 it sucks dark to see even says i had to kind of fudge it on my miss pac-man i think i fudged it too on some of mine but everything seems secure they're fine everything's fine on them so yeah breakman says i'm bad at building things well i mean good time to learn speaking of building things i'm going to actually say this too because Unfortunately, my life uh, obviously took a left turn um, with the death of my mother in August and, you know, that having to deal with that because that happened the first week of August. Um, you have a Steam backlog. You may have an Xbox backlog. I have a Lego backlog. So I had fully planned on showcasing the Atari 2600 build because I have it. I bought it that week in August. It's still in the box. I had planned on showcasing Peach's Castle and the Peach set from the Super Mario Brothers because I bought that in August. It's still in a box. All that stuff. Um, I also, when we went to uh, Disney Springs uh, in Orlando, which used to be called Downtown Disney, um, but Disney Springs, they have a Lego store there and we went there and we bought more Lego because we saw things in person that we hadn't seen before. And we're like, oh, that actually does look cool. Um, 
So we have the Van Gogh Starry Night because, like, the actual 3D elements actually look really cool if you see them in person. And then apparently, uh, and I didn't even know they had they had done this, and I, I saw it there. Uh, there's an actual working foosball table that you build out of Lego, and it's like you act, they actually brought one that out that was built, and you actually do literally play it. It's got everything. It's a fully playable Lego foosball table, and so we got that too. So. Um, pod coach says Lego build live stream. No, because, uh, I build in a different area of the house and I get too frustrated and I don't want to get frustrated on stream. The Breakman says, how long does a table of Legos take to build four years? Uh, well, the foosball table is small. Like it, it is a smaller foosball table. It's not a, it's not a full size foosball table. Um, I will say I did see the Titanic. That takes a long, that's a lot. Uh, but what was more impressive to me when we were at Disney Springs is I didn't know they did this in their architecture line. They have the Eiffel Tower. It's their tallest Lego build yet. I think it's like six feet tall, their Eiffel Tower. Like, it, I, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, okay, wow. Um, did not buy that and did not buy the Titanic either. But... uh but yeah, um, it takes a while to do that. Like, I've got the Atari one, which is probably like the Nintendo one. I did build the Nintendo one, but I have the Atari 2601. It's been sitting in the box waiting to be built uh, since my mom was in the hospital. And um, same with, like, we got Peach's Castle and we got, like, the other Peach expansion set and the Peach uh, main set with the little Peach figurine. Um, never, haven't built any of those yet. Uh, and then we got the foosball table and the Van Gogh thing. And, and uh, the Eiffel Tower set is enormous. It's over $600. So is Titanic. It's over $600 as well. Um, and and yes. And uh, Breakman says, it's a new year. Make building them your New Year's resolution. Trust me. Uh, the minute I get my gaming table back, because that's where I do these big, huge builds because I can spread all the pieces out uh, on my gaming table. Once I get that back after, you know, dealing with the estate, yes, we're going to, I'm going to be building those and I will finally show you sometime this year, I will show you the Atari 2600 build and the, the peach set and, and all that stuff. So once I, once I deal with this estate and the house and all that stuff that I'm going through, uh, and the lawyers and the vultures that want to buy the house and call me three times a day wanting to buy it. Um, then I'll build some Lego. As Sharon and Matt says, MAGFest is coming up this week. I'll be heading out there, and hopefully some Fog folks will be out there as well. Now that I'm doing HGDQ, I really can't do MAGFest because then I would like be missing part of GDQ. Uh, but I will say uh, that the one-ups, if you go to see the one-ups, they're having their 20th anniversary concert, and they're doing a big blowout concert. It's going to be amazing. They're, uh, they, were one, they were the original video game jazz band. Um, they were doing, they were making video game covers, not like anybody else at the time. Uh, and they're celebrating their 20th year and they're doing a big set at MAGFest. So that's going to be a huge thing. So if you are going to the concerts at MAGFest, please check out the one-ups. Uh, Mustin is a friend of the show. He's the band leader. Uh, he actually was on the show back in 2008 at PAX, actually interviewed him. Uh, and I've also, I remember I met him first in like 2004, 2005 at one of his first, uh, one of their first performances. So, uh, yeah, so check, check out them. And I believe Professor Shy Guy, who's another friend of the show, I believe he's also performing at MAGFest. So uh, there's a lot of stuff. I really enjoyed MAGFest except for the time. If MAGFest was in February, I'd be trying to get in. 
And as Sharon and Matt says, I really wish MAGFest was in February now. It's been a busy few weeks, and I wish it was spread out from the holidays and end of year stuff. Unfortunately, MAGFest really likes where they are. Uh, and uh, the, the the only reason they were in February was because of extenuating circumstances um, that uh, have been resolved and will not happen again. So, uh, but yes, I wish it was in February. That was a glorious year when it was February. I loved MAGFest. Um, yeah, and as Sheridan Matt says, wow, 20 years ago, Bobby was interviewing people when he was eight years old. I was. I had no beard at the time. I was eight. So, uh, yeah, so like I said, there is going to be no Orange Lounge Radio tonight. Uh, Rob is building his Tron machine so he can build, beat my high score. Boo. Do I have a boo button? I do, don't I? Which one's the boo button? How do I boo Rob? Uh, which one is it? Oh, there it is. It's this one. There it is. There it is. That's what I think about Rob wanting to beat my high scores. Even though technically, technically it's his high score that's attributed to my name because he has the high score on the cabinet and that's what gets sent up to the online servers. So technically it's, it's his score, uh, there. Uh, and then, uh, Rob does say that, uh, every, every, everybody else is fine. Um, because some people were asking like, Oh, is everything okay? And, um, and, uh, and yeah. And, uh, Loki, Loki is busy. Jamie is resting. So everybody's fine at OLR studios. Uh, but they're going to be taking a, a week off and, you know, enjoy, enjoying what they have uh, to do, or hopefully, uh, and resting up. And they will be back next week, just like I will be, even though it's going to be during AGDQ. It's an online event, so I'm not on site, so I can actually do my show like normal on Sunday night, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, and if you like the show, Tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this work without the people who went above and beyond uh, on our Twitch channel to uh, give us a little bit extra money at the very end. Uh, Pod Culture, resubscribe. Thank you so much for that. And finally, Mike Def's podcast, the GFM cast, finally followed us after we've given them so much free promotion. They finally followed us. Thank you so much for the follow. I really do appreciate it. G- GFM cast. That's Mike Def's podcast. It is Spanish language podcast. So if you are a Spanish language uh, speaker and want to hear gaming speaking in your, your language, um, you should check out GFM cast. And Mike Def says, because they made a channel for it today. Well, then you know what? I guess uh, when I'm, when I'm done with this, I will go refollow them on the Vogue channel. We'll, we'll do the follow for follow. How about that? Um, so, yeah. Uh, so yes, and uh, also I am on social media platforms at Bobby Blackwolf on Mastodon. I am on the mstdngames.games ser- server, so mstdn.games. That's my Mastodon server, but also on all the other ones, including the ones people don't want to use anymore. I'm still there at Bobby Blackwolf. So I will now hit the button uh, that plays me out, and uh, I will see you next week during AGDQ, and then I will be reading your donations next week at AGDQ as well. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.